Welcome to the Leading Ladder. This week's guest is Yalewe Soko, or Yaya, in short. She is the chairwoman of the United Africa Blockchain Association, or UWABA in short. She's also the founder of Essence Crypto Consultants, among other initiatives. Welcome, Yaliwe. Thank you for having me. Uh, before we get started, I just want to ask you, what has your journey been like in blockchain so far? How did you get into blockchain? It's a relatively new phenomenon. So how, how did you get into it and how has it been? Okay, so I got into blockchain uh, in 2016 mm. accidentally. I normally say I fell into blockchain. And um, I think at some point it was something that gave me a purpose because I was looking at, I was working at a full-time job. Um, mm. And those kind of rumors that um, there might be a closure of our current company. And so I was just trying to look for something. What I did not want to do was to go out there and look for another job. Like okay. I was not ready for that. So I stumbled across the blockchain through some consultancy work that I was doing. And because they couldn't effect payments in um, fiat currencies due to uh, geographical differences. Right. So they were using Bitcoin. Yeah. And okay. I had to learn how to use it. So I found it really interesting. That's how I, I, I fell into it. That's that's really interesting. So from a place of lack of security, you actually found an opportunity, yeah. which is kind of working pretty well so far. Exactly. You know, exactly. Sure, sure you're, not, exactly. you're not in a shabby position, you know, so not at all. <laughs> OK, so let's start. Cryptocurrencies are derived from a process called blockchain. May you explain yeah. to the listeners what blockchain actually is? And what's okay? So I think what what cryptocurrency is? Yeah. Okay, so I think for a lot of people, it's very hard to distinguish between crypto mm-hmm. and blockchain, right? Yes. Um, because every time you mention crypto or blockchain, everybody's thinking Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So it's very very mm-hmm. hard to distinguish between the two. So blockchain is the technology, right? Mm-hmm. And cryptocurrency mm-hmm. is kind of a product. I normally say it's a product of the technology yeah so blockchain is the technology that enables the production of cryptocurrencies just like i'll call it um if you have to associate it with the way things are currently ran Mm -hmm. i'll normally associate printer when you when you look at money money is printed right Uh, yeah so um the blockchain is the technology that enables the production of cryptocurrencies Mm -hmm. through um mining or staking right so yeah Basically, okay. that's what it is. And it's and, a blockchain is a layer. So okay. it's kind of for people accounting. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a database, basically. It's a digital database. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, Tesla recently purchased Bitcoin for about $1.5 billion. What has led to the rise of cryptocurrencies? I think there's been a lot of institutional money coming in. Mm-hmm. Like there's been a relevance that has been attached to uh, cryptocurrencies or digital currencies of late. And also there's been a kind of a hype mm-hmm. from relevant people. So I think that has led to the, actually the price, um, the price of crypto right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So mainly hype and the security feature, I, I would guess would be another thing. 
would you say? Yeah, the security feature is there, but I would say um, a lot of people thought, like if you look at Bitcoin, they say Bitcoin is not anonymous, it's mm-hmm. pseudonymous. So it's okay. kind of somebody can find out who owns this crypto. So it's okay. not really, yes, there is security features, but it's not really about that. Oh, really? Okay. Now, Bitcoin, as we've been mentioning, is the OG cryptocurrency, and it was formed by this mysterious group or person called Satoshi Nakamoto. Or And this kind of reminds me of Nicholas Bourbaki, which, is, which or whom has been dubbed the greatest mathematician who's never lived, right? Which turned out to be a group of French mathematicians. Why do you think yeah. that these revolutionaries value secrecy. Satoshi Nakamoto is quite anonymous. No one knows people who have come out saying or claiming that they are the original founders. Why do you think that they swear by the secrecy? If they've invented something that's pretty good or popular right now, I'm sure people would want to claim or Satoshi, quote unquote, would want to to be known. So why why do they swear by this? I think there's a, there's a number of people that have come up and claimed to be Satoshi, mm-hmm. right? And nobody knows the truth. But I think when you're handling something, so this is something phenomenal. So it, it's two things. It mm-hmm. could either make you somebody that is highly celebrated yeah, or it, you could get persecuted okay. for trying and, you know, challenge the current order of things or the current system. So how do you protect yourself from those two? So there's, there's possibilities. You'd be like, okay, I could be celebrated or I could be persecuted. So mm. for now, let me remain anonymous and see how the world responds to my invention. Mm. So I think because it was something that was going to change the world, the world does things, was going to change the financial status of a lot of people, mm-hmm. right? And was going to bring about what you call transparency, efficiency, and a whole lot of things that are really against the current order of things. For example, transparency. I'm African. Mm. And you know, corruption is rampant across um, Africa, and it's yeah. kind of if you introduce something that's cut off the oxygen supply, how would you be received by such people? So okay. it's kind of I feel like they're, they're trying to protect themselves, okay. you know, from persecution. Like they say, prophet is not always celebrated in his own country. Yeah, that's that's true. Would you say that? So part of it could be political, and another reason could it also be like a financial thing? Where, so for example, whoever created this probably owns a stake or owns uh, a certain number of Bitcoins and they wouldn't want to devalue the currency by being known because people will now hound that person down, try somehow to get some, uh, to release some of the Bitcoin out there. And then that may sap the price. So would you say that's also part of it? Uh, I wish I could say that. I wish I could really get into the mind of this person and really understand what they were thinking. But I think uh, between you and I, if you think of people that are creative, right? Yeah. When when they create, they create out of passion. So they don't create out of the value that's going to be derived out of it. They create out of solving a problem, right? Yeah. So there was a possibility yeah. this currency was going to be something. Yeah. And there was a possibility yeah. it was going to be nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think the financial mm-hmm. aspect is really it, but I also think it's you challenging the system because I think blockchain and crypto has really challenged the status quo 
Mm-hmm. And even financial institutions are looking into how do we become part of this? Definitely. How do we implement this? And how do we regulate the space somehow cannot be regulated? Yeah. Okay. So I would, I would want to believe, I would say, I would want to believe the financial aspect was not part of it, mm-hmm. but the impact was mainly part of it. And also the protection of oneself was part of it. Okay. So a cryptocurrency, as I'd kind of alluded to, is is mined from a finite supply, which kind of helps maintain, if not improve the value of the currency itself. So for example, Bitcoin, I don't know if it has reached $50,000, but it seems to be in that neighborhood. It's in, over 50,000. It's <laughs> over 50,000 now. Wow. Okay. So in a continent where currencies tend to sap or devalue themselves or sap in value all the time i.e my native zimbabwe do you think crypto is the answer since the currency itself is in finite supply and yeah holds its value so there is um there's a volatility that comes with this with this and um for a country where people are struggling Mm -hmm. putting the money into a volatile currency is very it's either very fruitful are very painful, right? Yeah. If I had my last hundred rands and I put it in Bitcoin, and because of volatility, it became a ten rand, mm-hmm. I'll be outraged. I'd want to react. Yeah. Right. But if I had a ten rand and I put it in crypto and it became two hundred rands, I'll be so happy. Mm-hmm. So I think in a country that's already suffering um, inflation. Mm-hmm. It could be a. It, it's not a long-term answer. Okay. So if, but um, if we embraced more of the stable coins, okay, it would be an answer. Okay. So they are like stable I said, ones. I'm glad there are stable ones, like okay. a number of stable ones that have come up, and that's really trying to kind of mitigate the volatility aspect of of, of cryptocurrencies. Okay. Interesting. So as we just said, again, (laughs) there are now a plethora of alternative cryptocurrencies. They're called altcoins, right? Like your Ethereum, your Binance coin, ETC. Does this undermine the value of cryptocurrencies in general or this just acts like different currencies like the pound and then the euro and then the dollar ETC? I think it, it doesn't really undermine it. I think it opens room to innovation. Okay. It opens room to people coming up with solutions to problems, mm-hmm. right? Most of these uh, crypto altcoins um, kind of came up as a result of a problem that was discovered and trying to provide a solution to it. Mm. So it kind of fosters innovation. Yes, there will be some that are not really uh, solving a problem, right. but I think right. it really opens, it broadens the, the, the sphere. It's kind of having the internet and having all those applications and all the solutions like WhatsApp, like Zoom, like people being able to, to use this product. So right. I don't think yeah, it really undermines the value. Okay. okay. Uh, so Dogecoin, which is the new king in town or the temporary king, who knows? Dogecoin was formed... <laughs> As a joke by the founder who's called Jackson Palmer over how many altcoins there were. And now it's actually on the rise from a few fractions of a penny to some few cents to some dollars, potentially, right? Do you think there should be more regulation when it comes to uh, cryptocurrencies? Because, again, it's a decentralized currency, right? Oh, um, 
cryptocurrencies are decentralized that's one of the key features right and if something is made as a joke and now it's worth quite a bit don't you think that's a bit that's a cause for concern and there should be more regulation i think regulation is important but you can't regulate something that is decentralized so mm-hmm. how do you regulate something like the blockchain yeah and um peer-to-peer uh, transactions how do yeah. you regulate that mm-hmm. that's like it's kind of the power is in, is, is in the hands of the people, right? Um, regulation is there for service providers and whatsoever. But look, this is what I believe in. I believe anything has value as long as somebody adds value to it and people believe it has value, mm. right? If you have started things when it comes to money, people believe in stones. Mm. And is it the, the, the island of Yap? They believed in stones. Right. That was value. So yeah. I think anything can be valued. As long as somebody puts value to it and people believe in the actual value. So yeah. I don't think um, Dogecoin being a joke is, is a bad thing because if you look at even money, is just fiat is just paper. Mm, definitely. You know, definitely. gold is a precious stone, but gold became a precious stone because somebody thought it was a precious stone and they could polish it and make you pay for that value. So right. anything that somebody adds value right. to and people believe in it, it becomes valuable. Right. I, I I understand what you're saying, but ever since someone found value in these things, right? They were there's been some form of regulation around it. You know, gold going from the gold standard. Of yeah. course, we're not using yeah. gold now. Yeah. It's part of people uh, countries' reserves and mm-hmm. all. But there's there seems to be some form of uh, again regulation around these things. So I don't know. Are you just sticking to someone put value to it, so we might as well take it as is or uh, I think, like I said, I think you can't you like you can't regulate something that is not governed by a central authority. Mm. Okay. In the minds of people, okay. right? If somebody, like I said, um, Elon Musk put a hype to Dogecoin, and everybody was like, "Hey, yeah, this is it." There was actually at the beginning there was actually no value to that. Yes, definitely. it's because people believed in somebody and said, "Hey, just because you mentioned it, there must be value in this thing." And the only thing is that this is really decentralized. So nobody can actually control that aspect of the value addition to Dogecoin. Mm. But like I said, there is regulation for service providers. And as you know, as much as cryptocurrencies might exist, if I need to really use it in the real world, I need to either have a partnership with merchants I need to have a partnership with exchanges in order for um, the cryptocurrency to be cashed out. So there has to be cash in and cash out options for the ordinary person. Mm-hmm. So that is where regulation falls in place, right? Regulation can't be between how much I transfer to you, mm-hmm. but it can be, okay, you have received so much. So when you cash out or before you even open an account, that provides a cash in or cash out option. We need your credentials. We need to know who you are. And at least there's an option for you to state what these funds are for. So there is regulation for service providers, but there's no regulation for the transfer of funds. Okay. Between one another, yeah. Okay. You just mentioned Elon Musk and he seems to be like this new oracle, this new sage right when it comes to financial projections having allegedly yeah. swayed the outcomes allegedly <laughs> swayed, swayed the outcomes of GameStop and now Dogecoin just by tweeting his opinion on them right just you know 
Do you think that traditional influences of how money moves, i.e. economists, are now becoming obsolete? Are we now looking to a new um, generation or a new type of influence to, to tell us how or what the next big thing is monetarily? Mm, I believe so. I think influence has really shifted, really, to be honest. I think it has shifted a lot. Mm. You know, it, uh, I'll give an example before going to Elon Musk. I'll give an example of traditional influences and celebrities. Right. Um, a long time ago, it was a huge thing to be a celebrity. Mm. But right now, anybody can get paged for having influence of some sort. Mm-hmm. Right. And people are often looking for people that can, that can call their heroes. Mm. And I think people are also looking for a story. So I think Elon Musk tells a story of here moving all the way up to success and people seeing what he has been able to achieve. So it's become a figure for some people, it's become a figure of, I want to be like him mm-hmm. or he's so smart or whatever he says might really make sense because look at his growth and look at where he's come from and where he is right now. So I think everything is in perception and where right now he's placed himself. I'll be very honest. I think he's placed himself on a certain pedestal that people look up to him for achieving certain things that he has achieved. So traditional influences, and also with this generation where everything is accessible for us, right? I don't have right. to own a library full of encyclopedias in order for me to gain knowledge. I can always go online and, 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 and Google. I can Google from my phone. And even people like us, whereby our... For example, you're owning a podcast right now. Right. A long time ago, it used to be a process for people to be able to even to 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 to, to be on radio. Yeah. Right. But right yeah. now, we have an enabling society. Mm. So I think that has also um, not really. Yeah. Kind of. You know, we always have reference to people of old. Yeah. But I think now the world is really moving in a totally different direction, and it's very fast paced. I just fear that they might not be able to keep up. Right. So from your point, because he is one of the richest people in the world, there's the practical element of he managed to gain wealth. So we might as well listen to what he has to say, as opposed to like, let's say Milton Friedman, no offense or anything, or these other economists, they were just academics who looked at how things moved. But again, they I don't necessarily think that as much to show for it. They may have been well to, well off, but they exactly. didn't have as much to show for it. Okay. Exactly. And this is one thing that I uh, I believe in academics. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love academics, but I also believe in... Um, so I, if people, people normally ask me in most of my interviews, what did you study? Mm-hmm. And I tell them, well, almost everything that I've done is self-taught, mm-hmm. right? Right. And it's self-taught because I have access to all these resources around me. A long time we believed what somebody wrote or believed was the right way to do things is how it's supposed to be done. Right. But right now people are moving in a totally different direction and discovering things that they might not have discovered a long time ago. So I think that is why, right? People are no longer saying, hey, I live by the book. No. Mm but I live by my creativity and I live by my imagination and I don't care what you think. You might say one plus one is two, but I might say one plus one is four. Right. It's up to you to live with it or not. So I think that's, that's the kind of world that we live in right now. Okay. 
Central banks, such as your Bank of England, are now looking to launch their own digital currencies. How do you reckon that these new currencies from central banks will fare or would fare against these other currencies that we've just mentioned? Interesting. So, um, you're trying to centralize decentralized currency. currency, (laughs) Exactly. I don't think the central banks are really going to change much, but I think it's a way of them. Look, I think central banks really coming up with central bank digital currencies is going to actually escalate growth of cryptocurrencies because central banks really, or banks really act as trust entities, right? Um, And just because firstly, there is a bunch of people working in that organization that people can always refer to with titles. Mm -hmm. Sometimes, yeah, always meaningful, but also there's infrastructure that lies out there that I know that should I have a complaint, I can walk into a bank and say, hey, this is not working and you know. So I feel like banks kind of come in handy as trust entities, right? So it gives somebody this kind of perception that if the banks can actually embrace this, who am I not to be part of this um, uh, revolution? So I think so they will come in very handy. <laughs> exactly. And also just because whether we like it or not, right, cash is still king. Mm. And I don't think the central bank digital currencies are really going to change much of what's happening right now. Mm. I think the digital revolution is upon us, even with the banks, because a lot of people use cell phone banking, they use uh, online banking and I normally say what's the difference with you trusting your platform online and trusting a a, a crypto wallet because it's just zeros and ones that Mm -hmm. you see if the central bank had to decide right now burn down all the ATMs and it's set ablaze where are you going to go claim your money Mm. you know so it's literally the same thing so I think they're really yeah like they're going to co-sign the adoption of, of digital currencies do you think that the central banks adopting their own digital currencies is a step towards that regulation you're talking about? Because again, central yeah. banks have, although they're separate from, okay, uh, let me bring my economics here. Central banks work with the treasury, right? So, and the yes. treasury, and the treasury is under the government. So the government and the central banks may be in cahoots to kind of bring that regulation and that may now seep to other types of currencies. Would that be a far-fetched projection to make? Um, I feel like already the central banks, the only thing is them just issuing kind of a paperless environment, to be honest. Mm. There's already digital currencies. I mean, if I go online and uh, transact online, that's already digital. Mm-hmm. So the kind of thing they're only going to do is it's kind of minimizing printing, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of saying you'd rather send an email than print. Let's save paper. Let's save the trees. Let's save the environment, right? right. So I feel like it's going to be kind of something like that. That's, that's in my imagination. That's one thing. And also in terms of regulation, I feel like what's going to happen is look at what's happening in Nigeria, for example. Mm-hmm. It's kind of saying, mm-hmm. look, we are in charge of the banks. The Central Bank of Nigeria says, if you have an account or you're running a cryptocurrency operation, you cannot use our infrastructure Mm -hmm. to be able to cash in or cash out, right? That's kind of putting people in a bubble. But when you put people in a bubble, people start to think outside the box. Mm -hmm. 
-hmm. They start to think, how do we get out of this bubble? So they start to innovate now. Mm -hmm. So they cannot stop innovation. So I don't think that's really, um, like I said, um, kind of cash in and cash out option. Oh, I would say kind of regulation is going to come in with service providers, but you can't stop a transaction between you and I. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with cash, right? Mm -hmm. If I decide to transact in cash with you, there's nothing that the bank can do about it, right? Mm. I can say, tell you, okay, you're selling a handbag and I'm not going to transfer this money to you. Can you pick up cash from me? Mm. Nobody is in charge. Nobody is around to regulate that transaction. Whether I gave you a million dollars for that handbag, they're not here to say a handbag cannot cost a million dollars. So right. it's kind of a peer-to-peer -peer exchange. So I don't really see much of a difference between the way cash-to-cash -cash transaction happen. Mm and um, kind of peer-to-peer -peer transactions on the blockchain with cryptocurrency happens. It's okay. just that we're thinking too much about it, but this thing already existed. Right. So what general advice or counsel would you give to young Africans with regards to cryptocurrencies? This may be like a new enigmatic, new enigmatic phenomenon to them. Like what, what would you say with regards to cryptocurrencies? Okay, I would encourage them to keep away from get-rich-quick schemes mm -hmm. and also not only look at cryptocurrency, but look at blockchain technology and the potential that it has for Africa and also tap into this just as much as you might take economics, you might take um, maybe, uh, I'll say, um, you might take law as a career, take this as something that is going to be relevant for the future, right? Begin to look at it from a different angle. And I think that's the approach that I took and I think it has worked out for me way better than taking the approach of looking at really gaining money from this. There is money to be made, mm -hmm. but there's also knowledge to be learned. And there's also you being a stakeholder in what the future is to become because the health industry itself, the educational sector, you know, the legal sector, everything is tapping into this technology. So yeah. you can be who you Even really want to be. Cultural you can sector. be a doctor and part of Exactly. So you can be who you want to be, but tap into the sector. I think there's going to be a relevance when it comes to job creation and also people looking for employment. There's going to be a relevance in are you familiar with this technology or, you know, because the industries are booming. Mm -hmm. Look, there's over 6,000 cryptocurrencies right now, which shows you there's over 6,000 companies that are employing. Mm -hmm. So where do you place yourself and how do you position yourself as a young person? Mm -hmm. And how do you create your own, right? Exactly, exactly. And innovation is the best, but um, how do you position yourself before you even create your own? How do you learn? How do you become part of this evolution without thinking too much about the money aspect? Mm, okay. So what are your projections when it comes to cryptocurrencies in Africa? And uh, <clears throat> controversially, is cash dead? <laughs> Uh, for now, I'll be honest, cash is still king. Okay. Um, cash is for still now. king, especially <laughs> for now. Yeah, especially even in our, um, even in countries like South Africa where they, we've got great banking infrastructure, mm. cash is still king, right? Because as Africans, we like to see. So anything physical is like for us. Well, I can see, I can see money right now. This is money. Mm. Whatever it is. Even if you, you sent me money to my bank account, I'm still going to have to withdraw some money at the ATM, right? Mm -hmm. My money is there. There are people who won the lotto. Mm -hmm. They didn't believe the money was there until they had to go to the ATM and make a withdrawal. So 
think for now, conscious thinking, there's a lot of education that needs to be put into the sector mm. in order for people to start looking at things uh, from a different angle. Like you can see, um, there's a lot of platforms that have come up like uh, Instagram, whatever you can call them, mm -hmm. but Facebook is still there. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. on Facebook, including the older people. If some of them even discovering Facebook, I mean, my dad just got on Facebook after mm. years and years and years. But, you know, there's some things that it takes a while for people to start seeing other things. So, yeah. Okay. And your projections on cryptocurrencies in Africa? Cryptocurrency adoption in Africa is really big right now. Mm -hmm. Because um, firstly, there's innovation coming up, which I'm very happy about because I've few years ago it was more about trading and trying to make cash yes. but now i've seen africans trying to build solutions mm -hmm. which is an exciting time so i think um there's going to be more innovation mm -hmm. and also there's going to be a lot of organizations trying to come into africa to help build solutions or even try and build solutions for africans yeah. and those are driven by cryptocurrencies so mm. there's a boom like africa is a place to be to be honest at this particular time yeah. Like, like I, like I always say, everybody's looking at Africa except Africans. So yeah, definitely, that is that true. That is very true. Well, exactly. thank you. So it's gonna be a, it's, it's it's an amazing time for us if we tap into it. As long as we don't become users, we become stakeholders and partakers in this technology. Oh, okay. Uh, that's about it. Thank you so much for partaking in this. I think that this is quite an exciting time to be partaking in this. And uh, I believe you won the lottery, the figurative lottery from what you've just explained. I'm like, damn it. Why wasn't I part of this when, you know, when you started getting into it? But uh, thank you so much. Thank you for informing the listeners on what cryptocurrencies are. And I hope that this knowledge will be useful for them and thank you for having me once again okay follow us on various social media platforms linked in the description for updates till then ciao